Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, hey there, friends. We're knees deep in March already. I mean, in reality, it's been a week. So, ankle deep, I guess. I I don't know how you would... I don't know how you would describe that. Anyway, it's March, folks. And let's... uh, We got a lot to talk about, surprisingly. A lot going on this week. A lot going on this week. But, never one to dilly-dally. Let's just... uh, Let's just get into it, huh? Huh? How about this? This is the craziest story of the week I've seen so far. In the video game world, of course. Dead or Alive 6 is now charging players to change their hair color. This is on PS4. I don't know if this applies to the Xbox version. Yeah. You have to purchase a premium ticket to pick a new hair color. But it doesn't unlock it forever. It also costs a premium ticket to revert back to the color it was before. And they can only be purchased two at a time for $2. Yeah, that's, uh, that's insane. They added, uh, apparently these new hair colors were added in, uh, the PS4 version on February 25th. It also removed the limit on the maximum number of premium tickets that can be purchased. Uh, According to the FAQs, hair color change data is stored in the save data, and any hair color changes you have purchased will be reset if you clear your save data. Oh, God, that's annoying. That's really annoying. But I don't understand why they've done that. Granted, this game has been... I mean... I don't know. It's kind of odd how they they did this game because they charge a lot for everything and then the the fighters are separate or something. I I don't remember. I I barely dabbled in it. It's just I don't know what what Tecmo is doing over there with this. So, yeah, if you play Dead or Alive 6 still and you want to change your character's hair color, got to pony up. It's ridiculous if you ask me. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, if you are picking up the remake of Final Fantasy VII next month. Be aware, Red Thirteen is no longer a playable character. Uh, no word yet on if they'll add that later in the development cycle. But Red Thirteen is not a playable character in the new one. Next up here, uh, we got our first look at the new shooter game from Riot Games. It is called Valorant. It is 5v5, free to play, and releasing summer 2020. Saw some of the tech specs on it. Doesn't look to be requiring anything major. Uh, Looks like you can run it on rigs that are quite a number of years old. I think I saw a GTX 1050, surprisingly. That's going way back, actually. Uh, Also, if you are holding out to get Death Stranding on PC, you now have a release date. 
That is releasing on June 2nd of 2020, so you don't have to wait too long. And it's also going to have a Half-Life tie-in. BAFTA, which is the British Academy of Film, Television, and... Actually, I don't know if I'm even saying that right. Let's, let's double-check that. BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. Look at that, I was right. Anyway, they announced their nominations for gaming. Uh, BAFTA does give out actual game awards. We still don't have uh, official recognition from the major academies here yet. Anyway, the their nominations for best game, I'm just going to go into that, are Control, Disco Elysium, Luigi's Mansion 3, The Outer Wilds, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Untitled Goose Game. Totally unexpected. Uh, Control leads the pack overall with 11 total nominations. That's awesome. Control was a great game. I, I hope it sold well. Remedy needs some wins lately. They really do. Uh, if you guys had yet to pick up the DuckTales Remastered game on its 20th anniversary last year, or 30th anniversary last year, excuse me, you're in luck because the game has been put back on its on digital storefronts. It was not on digital... It was taken off digital storefronts last year for no uh, given reason. But now it's back. So should head on over to your local digital gaming store on your platform and pick it up if you want. Uh, also announced E3. The, the organizers of E3 are carefully watching everything going on in California. They are monitoring all situations. California recently declared a state of emergency, as did Los Angeles County, mainly due to the different coronavirus outbreaks in the area. And they just want to keep everyone aware of the situation. Uh, some people expect it to go away by summer, just like the flu. Others don't know the situation as numbers continue to rise here in the U.S. Again, it's not something we should panic about just yet. It is something to be concerned about uh, obviously like I said last week you know just wash your hands don't touch people's faces or put your hands in their mouth and you know just be don't cough on people like come on common sense folks common sense but also in regards to E3 the creative designers of E3 or creative director uh, who is uh, production company I am 8-bit uh, have resigned. They put out a tweet. It is mis with mixed emotions that I am 8-Bit has decided to resign as creative directors of what was to be an evolutionary E3 2020 floor experience. We've produced hundreds of gaming community events and it was a dream to be involved with E3. We wish the organizers the best of luck. Uh, they were originally brought on to reinvigorate the show and frankly to shake things up. But not anymore. Not anymore. Sucks. Kind of sucks. But, hey, wonder if E3 will even survive 2020. I don't know if it will. Who knows? I mean, a lot of people are dropping out. This coronavirus might affect it big time. It, it might not recover from this year. But that's okay, because a lot of things are always in flux. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Not a bad thing.
And also, Gamescom, we don't have to worry, as Gamescom is still being planned by the organizers. I don't think Germany has a lot of cases, even though a lot of neighboring countries to it do. But Gamescom is in August, so we still have a few months to see how this all blows over. But let's not fret too much just yet. Also this week, PlayStation, the PlayStation Network Europe leaked a new Star Wars game called Star Wars Project Maverick. No concrete details other than an image and logo for the game, which looked a lot like the Star Wars story logo for Solo. And this time, though, it had images of X-Wings and things like this going up against a Star Destroyer. So a lot of people assumed it might be a type of X-Wing or fighter pilot game. No word yet, though, on this. No official react. Uh, no official answers, I should say. No official word. Nothing. Mum. And it's not even on the public page. It was on the private page that someone had access to. So we might be getting a new Star Wars game. I, d I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, also, the developers behind Half-Life Alex were speaking to a couple different outlets. Someone, of course, asked them, hey, so we're we ever going to get Half-Life 3? To which they responded, hopeful for a future Half-Life game. So we'll see what happens with the eventual release of Half-Life Alex, which is due out in just a few short weeks. And we'll see how that affects the outcome as we move forward into this. Also, if you guys were waiting on Ghost of Tsushima, we finally have a release date. Ghost of Tsushima, the new PlayStation 4 exclusive, will release on June 26th this year. So get your hands ready for some ninja-ness on the PlayStation 4 after the amazingness that was Sekiro. Now, uh, PlayStation 4 owners have this to look forward to. I don't know what it is, but nothing about that game has yet hooked me. I'll have to wait to see gameplay before I ultimately decide if I want to get that game or not, or if I just want to keep chugging through my backlog until the fall because not a whole lot of games are coming out between now and the fall. But no matter, no matter. Ghost of Tsushima out June 26th. Uh, also, uh, if you were looking to get the Konami uh, Turbo Graphics Mini console, the release of that has been delayed due to coronavirus as well. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it had to do with production. But, hey, what can you do? I don't know how many people are going to buy that thing anyway. And last story, video game-wise today, the Nintendo PlayStation, yes, the Nintendo PlayStation... The one left that was up for auction, that was uh, up for auction all of February, finally sold. Uh, did not crack the $400,000 mark like some people per were projecting. It hit sold for $360,000 to one of the founders of Pets.com. So it sold, just not at the levels people thought it was going to sell at, which no matter, no matter, it, it's still a lot of money. For a prototype console that never actually was released to the wild. But it, it's interesting to see how things like that end up selling. But, hey, the future is bright for any other future possible consoles that were just prototype betas that never got released. 
So we'll see how that goes, huh? I don't know, but 360000 it's a lot of money. Surprisingly, uh, barely crossed the 350 mark, and it hit 300000 like within a couple days when it first went on sale. So interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, let's move on to TV. What's going on on the boob tube, the small screen, as things change? People. Unfortunately, it's sad news to report first, and that is the passing of James Lipton. Longtime host of Inside the Actors Studio. He did step away last year when the format changed and moved channels. Uh, he interviewed hundreds of actors on his show that was on Bravo. And mostly interviewed them on, on their acting. As, as he was teaching a class at the Actors Studio, a school in New York, that he was actually a professor. Most people didn't realize this. They always just thought he was a TV host. Uh, he passed away at the age of 93. Uh, also infamously parodied on Saturday Night Live. It, he was one of the characters that w uh, Will Ferrell would portray. And uh, always asked good questions to actors. N nothing frivolous, n never uh, rumor or speculation. It was always just on, what did you do to create a character? How did you come about this movie? Things like this. Great, great man will surely be missed. Disney announced that WandaVision has wrapped filming for release later this year. As we know, it's coming out, I think, in December, if, we, if I'm not mistaken, that we reported earlier. And then Gina Carano tweeted out that she had finished filming for Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, then it was, of course, followed up by a tweet from Jon Favreau that the show had finished wrapping Season 2 as well, which premieres in the fall. Good looking on that. I guess they're still filming Falcon and Winter Soldier, which doesn't make sense because that comes out soon too. Anyway, moving on. William Shatner has spoken. Says not to expect any kind of show like Picard about Kirk. Wouldn't make sense though, considering Kirk is dead in the timeline. He's also 88, so of course. But, what, he died in... In Star Trek 7, which was Generations, I want to say. Let me double check. Um, I mean, I know he's wrote, written Star Trek books. I don't think Kirk is alive, though, at current time. So, so 8, Star Trek 8, Star Trek Generations, of course he died in the, uh, what was it called? The, the thing that came... The ribbon, the energy ribbon that he met Picard in. So I don't understand. Anyway, don't expect a Kirk show. I wasn't. I don't know why people thought there might be one. It wouldn't make sense anyway. The Hocus Pocus sequel has found a director. And it's going to be directed by the man who directed Hairspray. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing there. Uh, Tom Ellis has finalized a deal with Netflix to film a potential sixth season of Lucifer if they do decide to film it uh, or if they decide to move forward with it. So that's good news. I'm stoked on that. Big fan of Lucifer. The show, not the deity people. God, you know, just got to clarify these things. Anyway, anyway, how about this? Now I, I'm pretty sure we know why Taika is not going to make an Akira movie. He's now going to write and direct or produce a, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate factory show for netflix and if that's not the most perfect person for that i don't know who is 
also announced by HBO. I don't know if this is going to be on HBO Max or HBO proper, but they announced that they are going to be adapting the sh- the video game The Last of Us for HBO. Uh, no word on casting yet, but this will take the place of the previously announced movie. So no more Last of Us movie, but now Last of Us TV show. So now's your chance to go and post all your fan dream castings. I saw a good one with uh, Nikolai Colster Waldo. I think that's how you say his name. You know, the guy who played Jamie Lannister. Uh, picking him for Joel, which would I think would be really cool. They also said Ellie will be LGBT, LGBTQ in the in the show, just like she is in the game. So that's awesome. That's actually really awesome that they'll stay true to the game. Also being rumored right now that a Beauty and the Beast prequel series for Disney Plus with Josh Gad and Luke Evans as LeFou and Gaston. Seems everyone does love Gaston. And I would 100% watch the show if it does come out. I'm fully on board with that. Luke Evans is a really great actor, and uh, him as Gaston was was a was really good choice, actually. And unfortunately, as we wind down our TV news here, one of my currently favorite shows, The Magicians, has been canceled by sci-fi. That really sucks. really does. And while I would love, love, love for next Netflix to pick it up or someone to pick it up and, and continue it, I, I kind of don't because it, it's kind of dying on the vine at the same time because it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's not the same without Quentin, not going to lie. And the story they're kind of doing now just seems kind of be to be like a drag. Granted, they are removed from the story of the books that they're based on at this point. So they, they've been trying to come up with their own stories, too. So it, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Some of them have been kind of different. They have been doing some good storylines, though, this year that have been okay. Not, not like the height they were in the beginning. But luckily, I, they said that they writ, wrote the season finale this year... Uh, as a possible series finale as they didn't know if they were going to get picked up or not. So that that's really good at least that they'll be able to wrap up they'll be able to wrap up the story without having to leave any loose ends or anything like that. So it just sucks, man. It was a good show. Hopefully all the people on there do find roles beyond this cuz they're all really really good actors and actresses. And uh, as we just finish up TV here, the Clone Wars Ups the action a bit with uh, the inclusion of Anakin. It was really cool. But just a little slow at parts as well. It was cool, though. They brought in some droids that uh, hadn't been seen in quite a while. Those big tri-droids, I think they're called. I don't remember. Yeah, they they are tri-droids. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. They were in Revenge of the Sith. They were in... And then two other episodes of the Clone Wars TV show, plus the Clone Wars movie. So... They haven't been around a lot. It was nice to see them because they're really cool droids. And it, it they're huge, really. But I didn't know they could fly. So this one shows off that they actually do have the capability of flying. So that was really awesome to see. Also cool to see just a few clones take them down when it took a, quite a lot of them to take them down in, in the Clone Wars movie back in 2008. So that was really good. Not the best so far of this season, but, but up there. Uh, and I think we had our finally our best episode of Picard. Last week as well, uh, this one was titled Nepenthe, and we got the return of Deanna Troy, 
and William Riker. And I think that's what added to it to be so great. Uh, they, uh, Picard and Soji travel there. But uh, unfortunately, we did lose some characters. We did lose Hugh. And we don't know what's going to happen with Elnor. The What is he? He's not Vulcan. No, he's a... He's a wow, I cannot think of... Romulan, thank you. <laughs> no one, no one helped me. I don't know who I'm saying. Thank you, thank you too. But the 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 young Romulan's been traveling around with Picard. Anyway, it was nice seeing Tri. Uh, Tri. It was nice seeing Riker and Troy, especially uh, their daughter, who is a very interesting character as well. Uh, we also learned that they did have a son who died of an illness that could have been prevented if the androids or synthetics hadn't been banned by the Federation. It was also nice to see Riker, who we hadn't seen in quite a while, and he fell right back into his old Riker ways. Granted, Jonathan Frakes has been directing Star Trek episodes for quite a while now, so I, I, it's expected of him to be used to being the character. It was uh, Marina Citrus who hasn't been, or Sirtis. It's been a while since we've seen her as Troy. Uh, actually, technically, both of them have not reply, re reprised those roles since the ending of Star Trek Enterprise, Granted, like I said, uh, Jonathan Frakes has been been behind the camera on a lot of Star Trek projects in the since then. So, again, it's okay. But again, he fit right into the role again. It seemed like we never lost him from TNG or the movies. And he's very well prepared and, on his new planet. Uh, what was also interesting was to see them cooking with real food and not using a replicator. Not used to seeing that in Star Trek all the time. Uh, especially with the TNG cast, or Next Generation cast, I should say. But that was a, it was a really good episode, and it, it's glaringly obvious now that if anyone else should have been brought back, especially in this storyline, it should have been Jordy. Especially because it's tying into stuff related to Data, who Jordy was best friends with. Like, Worf, they can work him in in a season two. Like, he's not essential to this story. Riker was, in a way, yes. Deanna Troy was, yes, because she mentally always helped Picard. But if there's one person who should be here more than ever, and I'm not the only one to say this, I've seen this online too, Jordy LaForge should be in this season in some capacity. I don't understand how. I know they didn't want to overburden it with TNG references and callbacks, but if anyone should have been there, it was LeVar Burton as Jordy LaForge because it's related to data, and that's why. And it, it, it's, it's just glaringly obvious that he's not around as he should, he'd be involved totally with the Borg Cube thing. He'd be involved with, with the Daystrom Institute or with, with Bruce Maddox in some capacity revolving around song, uh, song type androids, which is what Data was. And it's just, it's, it's just still very odd, but he's not the only person who should show up at least somewhere in this show. And I swear to God. If Q isn't in this show somewhere at, in the season finale, or if he's not in season two, then they wasted so much opportunity because so much of Jean-Luc's story is tied in with Q that, uh, you know, it started with Q and it ended with Q on Next Generation. And if you don't bring him in in some capacity in this show, then, then I don't know what the hell that writer's room is doing. Like, I really don't. That's it for TV. Let's see what's going on in the movie world. And it's looking pretty bleak, if you ask me. <laughs> A new report 
from uh, a survey from uh, Pipplesay, a crowdsourcing company. They surveyed around 50,000 Americans to take a look, uh, look at new trends in the entertainment industry. And this is what it found. 46% of moviegoers are spending a reduced, reduced amount of time at the movie theater or have stopped going completely. They also found that 40% of the sample group spends at least two hours a day on streaming services. This is what they also found. 33% of moviegoer habits remain the same. I'm in that 33%. 28% go to the movies less often now. 21% go to the movies more often now. Actually, I might be in the 21%. And 18% have stopped going to the movies altogether. Which, I, I get it. I mean, the cost of movies are going up. Then you got to pay an arm and a leg for concessions. But at the same time, I just, I don't get it. The, the movies, you can't beat a theater experience unless, and I've said this numerous times, you cannot beat a theater experience Unless you are dumping thousands of dollars into a home theater experience. Unless you are paying someone to professionally install your surround sound system and make sure it's perfectly tuned. Unless you are paying someone thousands of dollars to perfectly align your projector and a screen or your TV and lighting and all this stuff. Like, you cannot beat a movie theater experience. It's it. Over. Done. I don't care what you say because you're wrong. You're not wrong, but to me, you're wrong. <laughs> to me, you're wrong. Rant over, rant over. Moving on, moving on. Uncharted has finally gotten a new director. I think number eight. Ruben Fleischer, who directed Venom, is going to direct Uncharted, which is allegedly supposed to start filming in a few weeks, according to Tom Holland. And Antonio, Antonio Banderas has joined the cast in an undisclosed role. And we also got word that Mark Wahlberg is only signed up for one film to play Sully. We'll see if this movie even makes it past one, or let alone two one, if it ever comes out. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about Star Trek today. And if there's one person who knows what's going on in the Star Trek world, it's Simon Pegg, as he's written the last one and starred in the last three. Uh, he did have this to say about the next one. He was uh, talking to Games Radar, of all people. The fact is, Star Trek movies don't make Marvel money. They make maybe $500 million at the most, and to make one now on the scale they've set themselves is $200 million. You have to make three times that to make a profit. They didn't really take advantage of the 50th anniversary. The regiment at the time dropped the ball on the promo of the film, and we've lost momentum. I think losing Anton was a huge blow to our little family, and our enthusiasm to do another one might have been affected by that, so I don't know. And you know, that speaks a lot to Star Trek in general and the movies lately, and they've, they've become a lot more action-y, a lot more like Star Wars than they were Star Trek, and granted, you can blame J.J. on that, a lot of Star Trek fans do. Star Trek used to be about exploration and questioning the unknown, and a lot of things that you didn't normally see. Granted, don't get me wrong, they kind of went that way with Nemesis, an insurrection before that, but at the same time, it, it's they've gotten away from what Star Trek was. And granted, going into a new timeline kind of helped them in setting up a new storyline, but at the same time, it kind of cornered them into a, a, a place where how do you retell the stories from the original series without also 
stepping on them and, and getting in their way and, and ruining those stories. Or the original movies as, as well. It's odd that Simon Pegg is saying it might not get made, even though Noah Hawley signed on as recently as November to make the fourth one with the whole cast signed on. I understand with Anton Yelchin uh, dying tragically in an accident that making another Star Trek movie without Chekhov would be very, very hard. I mean, it's... Without Chekhov, you can't really continue the story properly. Uh, Granted, again, it is a different timeline, but... I don't know. I don't know where you go from here. And if they do end up making a proper fourth film in the Kelvin timeline, which is what that alternate timeline is called, I don't know what it's about or how you do that. Uh, If you scrap that, do you go back to Next Generation timeline? Do you go to where they are in the Picard timeline, which I think might might work? Uh, Do you make TV-type movies for streaming service, which... I don't know how that is. Or do you keep making TV shows? Like, I think which is what the future of Star Wars is. But it's really interesting to see where this goes from here. And, and granted, Star Trek was probably never going to make gangbuster movies. It's it's just money, I should say. Gangbuster money. Because, because it's, not, it's not like that. It was never meant to be a spectacle. It was never meant to be a popcorn action flick. It was, like I said, it's supposed to question things. It's supposed to make you think. Yes, it was always called a... a soap opera in space but you know the 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 even number star treks are always the good ones so this, if they made a four it's supposed to follow the the rule and 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 be a good one it's not supposed to be an exception to the rule but i i, I mean i don't know what what paramount is thinking if they really thought star trek was gonna make a billion dollars it just never was so make you don't have to make it a, a super high tier budget film you can do really great movies with a lot of sci, uh, with a lot of sci-fi, with a lot of of CGI, and not have to spend a sh- a shit ton of money. I mean, make practical sets, do things on scale, like Star Wars has been doing recently too. You don't have to spend. Granted, Star Wars is an exception because they still spend a shit ton of money, but you don't have to spend two hundred plus million to make a good Star Trek movie. You just don't. You don't. So I don't know... I, I don't know if they they do that. Like I said, do they go back to the Kelvin timeline? Do they make the Quentin Tarantino movie? Do they go to the current Star Trek timeline? Do they go TNG? Do they go to a time that really hasn't been put on screen before? And that's the time between the original series and the next generation. I mean, you got the Enterprise B or the Enterprise C you could make stuff time, movies about. You don't even have to do something about the Enterprise. Like, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. One thing I do know for sure, though, figure out what you're going to have the Klingons look like, okay? Because they look different in Discovery, they look different in the Kelvin timeline. Let's just go back to what we know what the Klingons look like from the movies and TNG and Voyager and Deep Space Nine. All right, let, let's just go back to what we know Klingons look like. If Romulans can look the same, and Vulcans can look the same, let's just make sure that Klingons look the same. Stop messing with them. Jesus Christ. You're going to muddle everything up and people are going to be like, what the hell are you doing over there? Uh, Just very confusing. Anyway, if you are excited for Top Gun Maverick, 
well, you are going to be extra excited now. The release date has been moved up by two whole days. Yeah. Instead of Friday, it's coming out on a Wednesday. <laughs> so now it's coming out on June 24th. Jesus Christ, I don't know what the point of that is. But with a movie moving up, we also lose a movie to time. James Bond No Time to Die has unfortunately been pushed back to November due to coronavirus. MGM is expected to lose around $30 million. But this makes pretty much a lot of sense, mainly because China is a major market for the James Bond films. And if they're not going to be going out, then... MGM is going to lose a big chunk of money on what they could have made opening with No Time to Die. Pushing it back to November, though, I don't know if that makes sense. But pushing it out of the springtime does make sense. It really sucks because that movie was supposed to come out in a couple weeks. But I guess we're just going to have to wait the six months or so, seven months, for it to come out. Uh, but with that... Fast 9 and Black Widow will not be delayed. Uh, that was announced by Universal and Disney, respectively. So you can still see Fast 9 and Black Widow in the next few months. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were also interviewed. People asked them, I don't know if you guys know this, but they're making a movie about the scandal that rocked McDonald's. I'm talking about the scam where people took millions of dollars from the McDonald's Monopoly game between 1989 and 2001. And if this sounds vaguely familiar, that's because a six-part docuseries just wrapped on HBO talking about the same exact thing. <laughs> that's right, McMillions. Which, uh, if you don't want to wait for the Matt Damon and Ben Affleck movie, which was announced a number of years ago, you can just go watch McMillions on HBO. <laughs> I guess they're going to dramatize it in, in film. Must be interesting. I wonder how they felt when they found out the documentary was coming out. I'm sure it went something like, Hey, Ben, you hear they're fucking making a movie about the Mc McDonald's thing that we was going to fucking make? That's fucking and crazy, isn't it? How, how, do we, how do we make a movie now? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was terrible. It was, uh, it was not a good Boston accent. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun today, though, aren't we? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Matt Reeves put out a picture of his Batmobile for his Batman movie, and it looks Fucking cool. Looks like a hot rod almost. Like, almost like a car out of like Mad Max. Looks like a uh, Plymouth Barracuda almost. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. But it's got a monster fucking engine in the back. That's for damn sure. And then uh, Jeffrey Wright tweeted out, wait till you hear it. Oh my god. That's cool. Gonna have a, have a loud, badass looking Batmobile. Batmobiles have always been sick, though. Like even even in the Nolan films, and like I'm not a big Nolan guy, but though that the Tumbler is a cool Batmobile. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Uh, James Gunn apparently has an idea for a Drax Mantis spinoff movie. Uh, this, according to Dave Bautista himself, who was being interviewed. I don't personally know if those two could carry a movie, though. He's so literal. <laughs> He's so literal. I don't know if that would work, but I don't know. We also got confirmation. Well, confirmation from Tessa Thompson, so I don't know how legitimate it is. But she pretty much confirmed that Christian Bale is playing the villain in Thor Love and Thunder. So he's going from playing a hero, excuse me, 
either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> Which is a direct line from the Dark Knight. That's that's fucking hilarious, actually, that it just played out that way. I wonder who's playing though. Be interesting. He's a good he's a good actor. Really good actor. Just not a great Bruce Wayne or Batman. I'm excited to see that. Anyway, that is it for movie news. We're just about done here on Nixner News. Just got a few more things to wrap up, especially uh, three loot crates to talk about. But first, we're not done talking about big conferences that have been wreaked havoc by coronavirus. South by Southwest, otherwise known as SXSW, has been canceled. The city of Austin, Texas has canceled the show. It is an annual music and arts festival that I've actually always wanted to go to. And... Uh, they've been bringing in a lot more video game and entertainment content. They did announce that this is the first time in 34 years that the event has been canceled. They are just worried about the spread of the virus and making other people sick, which I totally understand. They said this, as recently as Wednesday, Austin Public Health stated, there's no evidence that closing Essex, SW, or any other gatherings will make the community safer. However, this situation evolved rapidly, and we honor and respect the city of Austin's decision. Hey, you know, they're just being preventative, and that's kind of smart. So, we'll see. We'll see how everything pans out the rest of the year. Good on them for, for doing that. I, I heard Coachella might get delayed, which is crazy. But, you know what? When things like this happen, gotta take care. Gotta make sure it doesn't spread. You don't want more people getting sick than have to. So, that's that. Let's talk about our three loot crates that came in. Are my three loot crates that came in. They're not yours. <laughs> I'm sharing them with you, though. First one that came in is the final Lord of the Rings crate. I also included the um, the Lothlorien pin, pin, the leaf one, you know, that they wear in the movies. That was supposed to be in the last crate. Uh, but this box, there and back again. And, no, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver silver glass and then you see it white shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise said by gandalf uh, it comes with an exclusive good in this world journal uh, it looks like a it's a leather it's actually real leather you can smell the real leather uh, if you ever find yourself lost in darkness remember that it's only a passing thing this shadow a new day will come and when the sun shines it will be it will shine out of the out the clearer you still have a story to tell. It's a leather-bound journal. It's got a, a leather wrap around it. Not a whole lot of pages in it, though, so that's kind of shitty. Uh, it's also got an exclusive Lembus coin purse. Don't worry, there's still enough for the journey home. Elvin Lembus stays fresh for an age when wrapped in Mallory leaves, a flavored food of travelers. A favored food of travelers. May your fortune stay as sweet. Kind of lame, if you ask me. Uh, this really cool Gondor pillow. Uh, here, do you swear fealty and service to Gondor in peace or war, in living or dying from this hour henceforth until your lord release you or death take you? Some cool socks. Two sets of socks. Uh, Aragorn and Boromir. With his final breath, Boromir, son of Gondor, did swear to Aragorn, I would have followed you, my brother, my captain, my king, and now he shall. Also, Merry and Pippin socks. You need people of intelligence on this sort of mission, quest, thing. 
but you've got Merry and Pippin anyway. <laughs> An exclusive one ring necklace. It is a strange fate that we should suffer so much fear and doubt over so small a thing. Such a little thing. We are fortunate that the ring was taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. And then my favorite thing in this crate, an exclusive bonus, trilogy bonus, Mordor Fleece. And this it was, a fourth age of Middle-earth began, and the fellowship of the ring, though eternally bound by friendship and love, was ended. Thank you, friends, who stood by us through this entire journey. You bow to no one. It's a nice black pullover sweater with uh, Elvish down one sleeve and then the Eye of Sauron on the left breast. So that's awesome. Gonna wear that a lot. Also got the second Rick and Morty crate, which in this one, so the theme was Mind Blowers. Take a stroll down memory lane, of course. Uh, came with a uh, Morty's uh, Vol Voltamatron Morty shirt. So it's the Rick and Morty, but it's the like the super powered up Morty from the beginning of season four. These Rick and Morty shirts have actually been a lot cooler than the ones that came in the old crates back in the day. It came with a Bebo coin purse. Also a Mind Blowers mini notebook, like a little spiral notebook. A Vulture Voltamatron mug. So it's got the mug with that space slug on the mug. It's a nice, nice mug, actually. A Morty and a Morty oh geez pin. <laughs> it's got like Morty's face, but instead of him having a face, it's got his face and it's head and hair. It says, oh geez. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, oh, jeez, Rick. Oh. So that's it for the Rick and Morty loot crate. And then I did get my final um, equip gaming crate, which I thought I canceled. This theme was retro. This was, oh, for December. Okay, that makes sense why I got it. This was the one I should have gotten from the beginning. And it came with a Dig Dug shirt. Whatever, I don't really care about Dig Dug. A Kid Robot plush. I got uh, Tails. Wish I would have gotten the, one of these Crash Bandicoot ones they, they're showing here. Also came with two Pac-Man glasses. One with the ghosts and one with Pac-Man. It also came with a Galaga sticker set. If you guys are big fans of Galaga. And a Dig Dug pin set. Along with a Space Invaders zipper pull. So like if you want to uh, add the Space Invaders to any zippers you might have. Or a Space Invite Invaders Teeny Tin. So like a little lunchbox with Space Invaders on it. Don't know what I'm going to do with that, but who knows. That's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Like I said, those were three different loot crates that we had to deal with. <laughs> Other than that, uh, it's been fun. Like I said, the, like I've been saying the last few weeks, just uh, wash your hands. Don't cough on people. Keep your hands out of your eyes, you know. Just be smart. Use common sense. Otherwise, uh, again, I'm Nick, your host. This was Nick's Nerd News. If you guys want to listen to us in your browser, check out nicksnerdnews.com, where we have a player right there for you. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast pages. Also, while you're at nicksnerdnews.com, why don't you check out our social media page, where you can find live feeds of our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Spotify even as well. So Spotify's in a couple places. But if you prefer 
one social media over the other. Just make sure to follow us there. Just search Nick's Nerd News and look for our logo. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys on the flip side.